I am going to preach the same sermon that I preached once before to you folks. Okay? In fact, you'll probably remember it, July 19th, 2015. <laughs> Can I ring a bell with you there? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure. It is the sermon that I preached the Sunday before Pastor Chad took over as the pastor of Crossway Church. And the title of it is The Care and Feeding of Our New Pastor. You may have seen dummy books out there uh, of similar line, the care and feeding of your pet tortoise or whatever, but this is the care and the feeding of our new pastor. Next week, Pastor Eric will take over uh, the preaching duties here at Crossway Church, uh, but in many ways he has already started as our pastor. Probably within minutes of saying yes to our call to him to become our pastor, he started pastoring us. He started thinking about us. He started praying about us. He, he started wondering, you know, what should I preach when I start there? So in a sense, Pastor Eric has really been pastoring us already for this past month. And as I pondered what to preach, you know, my last message, I asked myself, what would I have wanted someone to preach uh, the week before I took over the pulpit duties of one of the churches I pastored? And so I came up with this idea of, you know, how do we take care of a pastor? How do we minister to the minister? We all want a healthy pastor and a pastor's family. <clears throat> I read some results. Now, these results go back to 2015. It was done by Fuller Institute for Church Growth. And they did a survey of pastors. And here are some of the results. They might shock you. 80% of pastors believe that pastoral ministry is affecting their family negatively, 80%. 33% say that being in ministry is a hazard to their family. 75% have reported a significant crisis due to stress at least once every five years in their ministry. 50% feel unable to meet the needs of the job. 90%, listen, 90%, that's almost every pastor, felt they were not adequately trained to cope with the ministry demands placed upon them. 40% reported having a serious conflict with a parishioner at least once a month. 70% have a lower self-image since they have pastored than when they started. It's not an easy job. Pastors give much more than they get back. Uh, many of them might be giving a lot and, and getting very little in return. 
the result is what is called compassion fatigue. Decreased performance, stress leave, physical and mental illness, troubled relationships. They top the list of the devastating outcomes caused by compassion fatigue. And believe it or not, divorce is common amongst pastors. So is an early departure from ministry. Well, this morning, I want to get very, very practical. And I want to begin by 18 do's and don'ts, followed by 35 specific ways that you can do. Now, if you are one of these note-taking freaks, relax. I have them on the back table back there, okay? So you can just pick one up after the service. All right. First thing we need to understand, we need to understand that Pastor Eric is a gift from God given to this church. And for that, we have scripture, Ephesians 4, 11 through 12. Ephesians 4, 11 through 12. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Christ himself gives pastors to churches. That makes them a gift of God's grace. Not because of anything about them. Not because they're so wonderful or so special. And in fact, the Apostle Paul in, in 1 Timothy 1.12 says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him. Paul says, I'm not worthy, I'm not capable, but Christ has considered me trustworthy. Christ has appointed me to serve him. A pastor is a gift from God. Now, what do we do with gifts? I mean, I'm not talking a tie on Christmas. I hope I'm not getting one. But, uh, you know, what do we do do with gifts? Well, a really special gift, you cherish it. What does cherish mean? Cherish means to treat it as something fragile. Treat the pastor as something fragile. Not something that you can trod rough over, you know, but but something that is fragile. We we don't know what's going on in a person's life. In fact, you know what? That'd be probably something good to do with everybody. Treat everybody as if they were easily broken, as fragile. Pastor is more than a title. You know, you don't have people say, hey, I'm Plumber Joe or I'm Electrician Fred, you know, but it's always Pastor Cal or or whatever. Why is that different? Well, it's because pastor is a gifting. Pastor is a calling. A pastor is a God-given offering to a church. 
Now, I, I hope as time goes by that Pastor Eric and I will become good friends. But although he would be my friend, I do not want to lose sight of the fact that he is also my pastor. And that is a gifting that God has given to him to pastor me. Okay? In uh, 1 Timothy 5.17, it says, Elders who do their job well should be respected and paid well, especially those who work hard at both preaching and teaching. We live in a society today that is backwards. I hope you realize that. We say today that people have to earn respect. That is backwards. People are to be given respect because they have been placed in positions of respect. He does not need to earn my respect. He already has that respect because of his position as pastor. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12, says, Now we ask you, brothers, to respect those who work hard among you, who are over you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love them because of their work. Live at peace with each other. Of all the jobs, positions, and titles given to people, I think that of pastor should demand the respect of others. And along with that, I would throw in any leadership position should be respected. Number two, and we're well on our way through 53 points this morning. Okay, number two. Don't compare Pastor Eric with any other pastors, both real or imagined. Galatians 6.4 says, Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. Don't compare. Now that's hard to do. I know it's hard to do. But don't compare. Every person is unique. Every person has a separate set of strengths and of weaknesses. Pastor Eric is not Pastor Chad. And Pastor Eric is not Pastor Cal. Pastor Eric is Pastor Eric. Let him be Pastor Eric. Expect differences from anyone and everyone who's ever been in this position before. Sad to say, in in my 50 years of ministry, many times I got the message from people that I was not good enough. Okay? That that I was not good enough. I needed to change who I was in order to meet some expectations. Now, I can learn new skills. That's not a problem. I I can learn and grow in my theology and my knowledge of the Bible, but there's one thing I cannot change, and that is who God made me to be. Expect him to be who God made him to be. That goes for his wife, Jessica, as well. 
Let them be themselves. That's one of the greatest gifts you could give them, is to just let them be themselves. Don't compare them with your idea of the ideal pastor. You know, don't anticipate a certain personality type. Don't expect that they will necessarily invest themselves in any particular ministry. Just love them. Let them find their place here at Crossway. Don't expect them to fill every vacant slot in the church. Number three. Oh, this is a good one. Don't go to Jessica with a message for her to give to her husband. Okay? Go to him. You know, don't, 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 don't go to her and say, you know, why did he do that? Or, yeah, you know what your husband needs to do? Yeah. No. We don't go to Jesus through Mary. Okay, why would we go to the pastor through his past, through the wife? Okay, go directly to him. Four, don't think every message has to be for you. Okay. God needs to speak to all of us and we all have different needs. Let God meet somebody else's need on Sunday instead of expecting him to always meet your need. You know, just because a sermon didn't address an issue in your life, that doesn't mean that wasn't a good sermon. Oh, I've had people leave the church. <laughs> oh, that was a worse sermon ever, Pastor. You know, well, they didn't say that exactly, but I knew it, you know, because it didn't meet their need. Number five. Do come to him with solutions, not just problems. Okay? Remember, well, my personal opinion is there is no such thing as constructive criticism. All criticism tears down. What is constructive is solutions. Come with solutions. You know, don't start the conversation by, Pastor, you need to, you know, and so on. How about something like, Pastor, I noticed there may be a problem with an issue here, and, and I would like to be part of the solution to that problem. That's good. Six, do talk to him about his sermon. On an average, a pastor spends anywhere from 8 to 15 hours a week preparing a sermon. He is a lot invested. Don't criticize the sermon. Instead of looking for the part you don't like, how about looking for the part that's good and then complimenting him on that part? I suppose many of you know who Arnold Schwarzkopf is. Okay, general during the... Um, that battle thingy over there in the Egypt. I heard him speak at a motivational <clears throat> conference once. <coughs> and he said, <clears throat> no matter what grade my children got in school, <clears throat> I never complimented them. 
because I didn't want them to be satisfied with where they are. I wanted them to get better. And I thought to myself, thank God I wasn't his son. I operate much better on compliments than I do on criticism. I get much more motivated by compliments than by people finding fault. Talk to him about a sermon. Tell him what was helpful, what was encouraging, maybe what was comforting to you. And then along with that, tell him how the Lord is growing you. Let him know how you're, you're changing. You're changing your thinking and your attitudes, your behavior. Maybe a change in your relationships with others and, and God. And, and maybe how that related to a sermon that he heard. Let him know that his sermons don't die when you walk out the door. That it actually does something in their life. Oh, that would be so encouraging. Pray for him every day, and then tell him what you prayed. Prayer empowers pastors to be the people of God, uh, people that God called them to be. You know, it's, and I've also found it's really hard to pray for someone and still be critical of them, okay? It, it, it's hard to do that. Yeah, uh, if you wanna pray, but you're not sure how to pray, let, let me give you just some quick ideas of what to pray for your pastor. Um, pray that he would have insight into scripture and an understanding of how that applies to people today. Pray for your pastor that he would be protected from the work of Satan that would seek to destroy him and the church. Pray for him that he would keep a soft heart in the face of abrasive and, and abusive people sometimes. Pray for his personal spiritual growth. Pray that he would have a successful ministry however God defines success. Pray that he would have boldness to speak the truth and grace to speak it with humility. Pray that he would persevere through whatever trial he's facing. Pray for, pray for his wife and his extended family. Pray that he would remain pure and that his love for his wife would increase daily. And pray that you would know how to encourage him as well. Encourage your pastor to read and study for his own growth. Many pastors throughout church history have found reading to be a means of great help in their own spiritual development. I think books have probably influenced me more than anything else in my spiritual growth. More than people I've met, more than conferences I've gone to. Uh, for me, books have been greatly used by God. And I have my favorites out there that I read over and over again. 
So if you come across the good book, buy two of them, all right? Give one to the pastor. And don't hand it to him and say, Pastor, you need this. Uh, You know, something like, boy, this book was such a blessing to me and I just want to share it with you, you know. Be helpful. And of course, being the day and age in which we live, it might be an e-book as well. Not a real book. Do care for your pastor's family. Don't expect pastor's families to be any more perfect than your own. Recognize that each family is unique and eliminate any unrealistic expectations. Now, Eric and Jessica don't have any children, okay? Just the two of them, but that's a family. Encourage your pastor to make family a priority, even above ministry to you. Hmm. Give them the time, the energy, the effort that's required in order to keep that relationship healthy. The next one, do allow time off for professional development. In my ministry, I've had disagreements with my board from time to time. And one of the disagreements that I had with, uh, with one of my board members is he believed that time that I took to, to go away to be strengthened and nourished and spiritually uplifted should be vacation time. Okay, I should count that vacation. And that came off my two weeks vacation, you know, for the year. What that told me was that he did not really value my spiritual growth, that it would allow more time for that. I think every church is better served if its leader is filled with new insights and new motivation and and new encouragement. And, you know, sometimes that comes through recreation. Sometimes pastor just needs to get away for a, a few days just to, to run the beach at ocean shores or, or something, to be renewed, to be invigorated. And don't just consider that, oh, that's time away, where he's not doing anything. Pastors need extended time away with God. Okay. They need extended time away with God and with their family. So, you know, we allow one or two days off a week and we respect his privacy during those days. I'm sure Pastor Eric will set some boundaries and it's our responsibility to, uh, you know, to respect those boundaries. You know, he'll have vacation days and he'll be given time off for holidays. You know, pastors don't get off all the holidays. He doesn't get off Easter, you know. That's usually a work day. Christmas, usually usually a work day. So, you know, we give them other days off and, you know, we're, we're not sitting there with a calendar checking them off. Allow them that freedom to say, when I need to get away a little bit, 
that I can do that. Now, Pastor Eric has a few backup speakers in the church that can fill in on a Sunday, okay? So, uh, you know, that's, that's a blessing he has that uh, other pastors don't have. All right, I think we're down to point 12. And that is, do give freedom to dream and permission to lead. Here's where we need to be open to new ideas, okay? Uh, the pastor is coming to us, to us, a new pastor will have a new vision, okay? Uh, don't necessarily tie him down to a vision of a previous pastor. The, the, the first, my first ministry out of Bible college was um, at, at a Bible church in Altoona, Pennsylvania. And the senior pastor there, it was a church of about a thousand. The senior pastor there um, had, a, had a large ministry that just fit him perfectly. He was a charismatic individual. He had a television ministry. He had a radio ministry, a conference speaking ministry. Well, he died suddenly and another pastor came in. He was not as charismatic as the first pastor. Uh, he wasn't really good for television. You know, he had looks that was perfect for radio though. But they expected the new pastor to do exactly what the previous pastor had done. Not only him, but the pastor after him and the pastor after him. And the church just went down to a hundred or so because they expected the new pastor to take on the exact same role as the old pastor. Doesn't work that way. Fall in line with his leadership. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, it says, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. Paul here makes a, a direct correlation between obedience and, and the leader's joy. Work hard to submit to leadership because it's God's means of providing spiritual insight into your soul. And then, do commit to standing with him through hard times. You know hard times. I know hard times. Everybody knows hard times. Pastor Eric's going to have some hard times. Did you know that the average length of time for a pastor to serve in a church in the Southern Baptist denomination is three years? Three years. Why? Well, many times it's because of difficulty and tension and, you know, they, they come in with high hopes and then they start hitting the walls and, and, and then they finally say, well, you know, maybe another church would be more receptive. They're not perfect. But be committed to that person 
for a, a long haul. One thing that the, the search team really liked hearing from candidates is that they believed in long-term pastorates. Okay, that's what we want. We want someone who's gonna be here for the long haul, and to do that, we need to stick with him through the hard times. The next one, release him from being your best buddy. Okay, let the pastor love you, that's fine, of course he will, but don't expect him to spend a large amount of time with, with you because that would stretch him too thin for everybody else. Uh, in Bible college, we were told the 80-20 principle. I don't know if you're familiar with the 80-20 principle, but it's things like you know, 80% of the people tie up 20% of the pastor's time while 20% of the people tie up 80% of the pastor's time. Don't be that 80% that's gonna cause them to be stretched so thin that they become ineffective. If he can come over and spend time with you, maybe go out something recreational, great, wonderful. But remember there's other people in the church too that, are need, that will need him as well. Care for him by making sure that your new pastor has a pastor. Okay, who pastors the pastor? One, one pastor friend of mine has one of the elders who, who meets with him and the congregation didn't, doesn't know which elder it is, you know, they want to show favorites, but that elder meets with the pastor and pastors him. Every pastor should have someone uh, to whom they're being held accountable, whether it be an elder or a godly, mature saint or, or even another pastor of another church. Pastors need pastors. Do care for your pastor by caring for your pastor's wife. The pastor's wife is often overworked by members of the congregation. And caring for a pastor means caring for the pastor's wife as well. Now, what are some practical things? Well, here's just a few things. You know, Funding for the spouse to attend a conference or a retreat. There's a lot of wonderful women's conferences out there. Make sure she's got the money to go. Uh, funding and time off for, for family or couple retreats. You know, funding for an unusual fun idea. Uh, supporting the family in times of illness or crisis or loss. Providing special treats for the family, such as meals, gift certificates, movie passes, Grubhub coupons, whatever out there. Provide the means for the pastor to spend weekends away with his wife. Make sure the pastor takes all of his vacation time. I heard one pastor once bragging he hadn't taken a vacation in 20 years. And I thought his poor wife, you know, poor congregation, make sure he takes his vacation time. Kick him out, 
Get Fred preaching up here. Okay. Here's an idea. Forming a special team to support the pastor and family during relocation or transition. That's what he's going to be going through now. You know, going to be a lot of questions, a lot of, you know, where's this? Well, how do I do that? And so on. Make sure he gets that support. The next one. Do stay focused on the big picture. Don't micromanage the pastor. Okay. When we get focused on side issues, and there are many side issues that we can get sidetracked with, okay, then those things tend to become the idols. Those tend to become the most important things. And I've said before, one of our responsibilities as Christians is to keep the main thing the main thing. The big picture is that we have a loving God and that God wants to have a relationship with us and our neighbor and our friend and our workmate and whatever the situation is. That's the big thing. Let's keep focus on the big thing. Point number 18. Do look for opportunities to encourage and affirm the new pastor. I've been your interim pastor for the past five and a half months. I can do things as an interim pastor that a long-term pastor can't do. Okay? And I have done some of those things. And I have pushed for some things and, and we've gone off in, in certain ways. Uh, the, when a new pastor comes in, he's got the big picture to look at. I don't care if you kick me out after five and a half months, okay? I'm done, I'm gone. Now, you know, you, you got a new pastor who has to clean up my mess. Well, the regular pastor can't do that because he's got to clean up his own messes. Okay, so don't expect him to work as, as fast and maybe get as much, much done over a few months as, as I've been able to do. And then finally, ideas on how to encourage your pastor. And those are on the sheet in the back because there are 35 of them, I think. Um, let me just read quickly over some, you know, they took that clock down in the back and I really don't know what I'm doing. Um, ideas on how to encourage your pastor. Send him a greeting card with a personal message. Hug him. I, I recently saw this on the internet, so it has to be true. It, it says, we need four hugs a day for survival. We need eight hugs a day for maintenance. And we need 12 hugs a day for growth. Okay. So let's be liberals, all right, with our hugs out there. Take his wife to lunch. That's for women only, okay? <laughs> Mow his lawn or shovel his driveway. Uh, go visit someone in the hospital with him. Uh, 
call on a homebound church member. Uh, call his wife and ask him what kind of pizza they like, you know, and then, then provide it for them. Just call randomly and say, what can I do for you today? I got the day off. What would you like? After the sermon, don't tell him, Pastor, that was a great sermon. Now, I know having told you that, I can pinpoint certain individuals that will come up to me after the service and say, boy, that was a great sermon. Okay, I I know you. You know, saying that was a great sermon is kind of like people asking, how are you? And you say, I'm fine. You know, it's kind of meaningless. Tell them what was great about the sermon. Say, wow, when you said, and then da-da-da-da-da, that really spoke home to me. Get a group together. Pray for your pastor. Loan him your boat, your RV, your four-wheeler, your timeshare, your cottage, whatever, and let him use it. If he likes to golf, take him golfing. No names, no names. <laughs> On Sunday, ask him, you know, what can I pray about for this week? What can I pray for you about? Defend him against his critics. Ask someone other than the pastor to pray before the next church meal. I get that. I don't know, Fred, if you've gotten that. Dave, you know, <laughs> you, know you, you go to someone's house for a meal. Pastor, would you pray for us? You know what? I'd be much more interested in hearing you pray than me praying. Okay? Give him a gift. Give his wife a gift. Write a letter to your church leaders expressing your gratitude. Sing your heart out in church. Yeah. (laughs) I knew I was going to get an amen from over there. Okay. Sit. No, I'm not going to say that. You ever heard the phrase, back row Baptists? Enough said. Pastor Eric has expressed his desire for this to be a long-term relationship. And I hope that is our prayer. And the congregation is going to play a large part into whether or not that happens. We all need to do our part. Well, there were other points here in my notes that I just skipped over. Um, go back and take one of those sheets back there. If you're, it's just the practical ideas of some things that we can do as we... Uh, we get a new pastor. I don't know about you, but I'm excited. And then I'm leaving for three months. Uh, but I'll be excited to get back. And I'll be listening to the sermons or watching them on the videos while we're gone. I hope you're excited. Uh, God is opening a brand new door for us. For us to walk through and see what blessings he has. How exciting. And like I said in my email, Pastor Eric, get ready. 
for a wild ride at Crossway Church. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much. Father, you have given us as a gift, a grace gift, a new pastor. And Father, we are excited, and we know he's excited. And Father, we just look forward to what you're going to do. And Father, may each one of us realize we have a part in the success or the failure of Crossway Church. And Father, thank you, thank you that we can do this, not through our own strength, but through your power and your might. I pray in Christ Jesus' name, amen.